welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna. I'm your host, Harry Simu, and this is episode 18. So I couldn't make my mind up this week as to which track I wanted to use in the intro of the show. Um, having scratched my head for quite a while and, and sat there thinking about it in, in maybe too much detail, I decided to do it the old-fashioned way. So I looked up the official singles chart and number one was Mr. Drake and this track, In My Feelings. So I thought it would be a great way and a current way to start this week's show. On this week's podcast, we'll be discussing the Mesa Ozil race route, the rumours linking Ivan Gazidis with a move to AC Milan, Aaron Ramsey's future, and I'll also be speaking to YouTube star Turkish and getting his thoughts on all of those subjects. Let's begin with the week's biggest story. Mesa Ozil has retired from international football at just 29 years of age. He released a remarkable 2,320-word statement confirming his retirement and slamming the racism and disrespect he has suffered. Now, the Arsenal star was criticised for meeting with Turkish president Recep Erdogan before the World Cup and then slammed for his performances out in Russia as Germany went out in the group stages. The 29-year-old released the statement in three separate tweets across the day on Sunday and said that he couldn't bring himself to wear the German shirt ever again. So my thoughts on the incident, of course, I want to start off by saying there's no place for racism or discrimination in any walk of life, let alone the game I love. So I was bitterly disappointed to hear about some of the abuse and some of the threats that Mesut Ozil received off the back of Germany's disappointing World Cup campaign. Of course, Mesut Ozil was a key component of Germany's World Cup winning team. And for me, that means he automatically commands a greater respect than that that's been shown to him in the past few weeks or so um, since Germany's elimination. Now, Mesut's family are, of course, of Turkish origin. Mesut grew up in, in Germany, played his football there. And I suspect that's a big part of why he gave his international commitment if you like to the German national team you know they raised him they nurtured him it's the country he's grown up in and of course from a footballer's point of view if you're ambitious you've let's be realistic you've got more chance of winning a major tournament and competing at major tournaments with Germany than you have Turkey and that's no disrespect to them but having said all of that that doesn't mean that you should turn your back on your heritage and, and Mesa Ozil's is Turkish you know I'm my family are from Cyprus. I would probably choose to play for England if I were good enough to play football at that level. But that doesn't mean I forget where I come from. And that doesn't mean that I don't love Cyprus and I don't love Cypriot culture and, and, and I don't warm to that and I don't feel a part of that. When you come from a family who've left their home country in search of a better life elsewhere, you're in a bit of a difficult position because, of course, you you love your culture and you love your country and, and your parents will tell you great things about your country and make sure that you keep that culture alive. But that's not to say that you're ungrateful for the opportunities you've been given in your new home and you're not thankful for the better life that you've had as a result of that move. But, you know, the point I'm trying to make is that it's okay to embrace both. It's okay to represent Germany and be proud of that and also be proud of your Turkish heritage. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Do I think taking a picture, posing for a picture with one of the world's most controversial politicians, shall we say, 
is a wise move from a PR point of view? Probably not. Um, I think Mesut's got caught in a bit of a trap here. Um, probably didn't think he was doing anything wrong at the time. And, and he wasn't doing anything wrong in truth. Um, but given sort of uh, the controversy that surrounds Mr. Erdogan, wherever he seems to go, you can see why some people would would be like, hold on a minute, mate. I think you've made a bit of a blunder here. I guess the bottom line is it's not really that big a deal. Well, not to me anyway, and, and, and not to most people, I'm sure. But when you do something like that, when you're in the public eye and, and you're an influencer, as the word I used earlier on, you need to be careful of your actions because everything you do is under such great scrutiny. And, you know, it seems as though this was the the opportunity some of the German fans were waiting for to get on Mesut Ozil's back and, and they've used it um, to further their agenda towards him and, and have overstepped the mark in, in many cases. I mean, who knows, perhaps Mesut's decision to retire from international football will benefit us as a club. Maybe we'll see more from Mesut Ozil um, as he'll be fully focused on his club. And, and without the distractions that international football brings, without the pointless friendlies, without the dead rubber qualification games, um, you know, it's not a great situation. It's a horrible situation. And I don't condone what's happened in any way. But credit to Mesut Ozil for pointing it out and speaking out against such a powerful organization and bringing it to people's attention, because that's all we can do in these situations. Bring it to people's attention Um and, you know, the DFB have got a lot of making up to do in particular. Um, you're never going to stop idiots on social media. You can't. It's impossible. I don't know how you'd ever monitor that. But you can stop it happening in such large organizations. And hopefully Mesut Ozil's outburst, shall we say, will will do some good. The outcome as an Arsenal fan is not a bad one. Um, it's just a shame that the circumstances surrounding his retirement are due to racism and, and, and that's really disappointing. Here's what our new boss Unai Emery had to say on the situation. Did Mesut Ozil talk to you about his decision, about the decision he was going to take? Not yet, because uh, he arrived Sunday for the travel and uh, I prefer to give him uh, the normality in, uh, in the team and he feel good with, with us. And uh, I am looking. I am looking that. What do you think the German Football Association should do as a result of what he said and the reasons behind his decision to retire from international football? Uh, it's, it's personal decision, and I respect. But is it is it worrying? Is it concerning what he's had to say? I think. Uh, he, he thinks uh, the best for him and uh, he explained uh, his decision and respect and help. Here we need to help him. He's really trying, isn't he, with his English. Bless him, Mr Unai Emery. Now there is growing concern at our Arsenal Football Club that Aaron Ramsey could be off this summer. Um, despite Unai Emery saying multiple times that Aaron is a big part of his future plans. The fact of the matter is this, Aaron Ramsey has one year left on his contract and is yet to sign a contract extension. Now, 
forgive me for being concerned and forgive me for being maybe even pessimistic, but this is a situation that we've seen far too many times at Arsenal in recent years. And that is why we're worried about it because it never goes our way, does it? With the exception of the Mesut Ozil thing when he eventually signed, you know, we've seen Alexis Sanchez leave. We saw Robin Van Persie leave. We saw Cesc Fabregas leave. We saw Samir Nasri leave. This just keeps happening time and time again, doesn't it? So I am concerned. I'm hoping that Aaron Ramsey's agent and the club can thrash out some sort of deal because I think he's a very important player for us, particularly now that Jack Wilshere has left also. Um, Aaron Ramsey was caught by the press earlier on today, I believe, or yesterday, uh, by the time this goes out. Um, and he was asked point blank about the situation. Here's what he had to say. We'll see what happens, but uh, my agent and the club are, are talking. What does it hinge on, Aaron? Um, I'm not sure exactly. <laughs> I'm just leaving that to them to, to discuss and, and to figure it out. Um, but we're yet to come to an agreement, so um, that's something that my agent and the club are discussing to try and get something done. How soon might there be some news? How soon do you hope that everything is resolved? I'm not sure exactly. Um, you know, It's taken a bit of time so far, so we'll have to wait and see. So discussions are ongoing. No agreement has been reached yet. Um, but that comment, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. Never fills me with confidence. Don't know about you guys. I'm going to take a short break and I'll be back talking Ivan Gazidis. The Chronicles of Aguna 2017-18 is now on sale. The Chronicles of Aguna tells the story of Arsene's final season through a supporter's eyes, attempts to shed light on some of the season's major talking points and features exclusive interviews with Ray Parler, Kevin Campbell, Tom Watt and Robbie Lyle. Available to order now from Amazon, Waterstones and all major bookstores, The Chronicles of Aguna 2017-18. Order your copy now by clicking the link in the description. Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna. Now, it's time to talk a little bit about Ivan Gazidis, um, a very controversial figure at Arsenal Football Club, um, pointed to by many as the reason for our downfall in recent years. I'm not so sure that's entirely the case, um, but it's it's been widely reported that he's heavily linked with a position at AC Milan um, with the Elliott brothers who have taken over the club publicly stating that he's their number one target. Now, I'm interested to hear how you guys would feel about Ivan Gazidis' prospective departure. So let me know what you think on Twitter. Tweet me at Chronicles underscore AFC. But for what it's worth, here are my thoughts on the current situation. Now, in my opinion, Ivan Gazidis is not a football man. He never has been a football man. And in fact, he wasn't brought in to be a football man. Ivan Gazidis is a businessman. That's what he's at the club for. Um, he's brought us in some pretty good uh, commercial deals. Um, and it's my understanding that he was instrumental in the pushing of Arsene Wenger, shall we say, out of the back door. So, I mean, considering most of us wanted Arsene gone at that point, it's not all bad, is it, as far as Gazidis is concerned? Will it be a massive loss to the football club? Mm. I'm not so sure because I feel that somebody else could come in and do equally as good good a job on the sort of marketing and, and commercial side of things. I just find it all a little bit strange. You know, Ivan Gazidis has been fighting for power at Arsenal for many years now. And it's as though 
he's finally got that. He's finally got the setup that he wanted. He's finally got things his own way, basically. And now for him to walk out the door would just be strange, in my opinion. It would just make no sense unless what AC Milan are putting on the table is financially far, far better, I suppose. I've read a couple of different theories, you know, that perhaps this was on the cards from from last year, and that's why Raul and Leahy was brought in um, with a view to him stepping up to fill Gazidis' role when Gazidis does move on. Because it it seems strange to me that we'd go out and get someone as high profile as Raul and Leahy to work under Ivan Gazidis. So that that could be a possibility as well. Who knows? Um, I certainly don't. <laughs> but like I said, let me know what you guys think on Twitter. Um, and it'd be interesting to see how this story develops in the coming days, weeks and months. I'm going to take another very quick break. But when I'm back, I'll be joined by Arsenal fan TV star and YouTube sensation Turkish Arsenal to get his opinions on all the stories we've discussed. Enjoying what you've heard so far? If so, make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave us a review on iTunes. I'm joined by a star of Arsenal Fan TV and YouTube sensation, Mr. Turkish. How are you doing, my friend? How's it going? How's it going? Are you all right? Yeah. Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Like I was just saying off air, absolutely melting. London is burning at the moment. Trust but me. We shouldn't complain. We shouldn't yeah, complain. Yeah, really. no, no, I'm not complaining at all. <laughs> right mate i just wanted to get your thoughts on a few topics that have been discussed on on this week's show yeah. um i'm going to start off with the mesa ozil um incident because that's something that sparked quite a bit of controversy uh first of all what did you make of mesa ozil's statement um it was very specific wasn't it but i guess it needed to be yeah um to be honest like i actually rate him for the statement like to come out and go in detail and explain fully his thoughts and his thought process in making the final decision that he made in the third part of the letter, I think it was quite a big thing for him to do because I feel like a lot of players are in the same situation as him. I feel like a lot of players stay quiet about this, a similar situation they're in. So hopefully he's cracked open something that other players can look at and think, you know what, it's not, like if I feel if I feel this way, I can speak out. So yeah, yeah, I like that he did that. To be honest, yeah, me too. And I think, like I said, it, it was very specific, but it needed to to because you need to highlight these sort of problems in order to in order to deal with them and to weed them out from the roots because yeah. this is it's not acceptable at the end of the day. Um, what did you make of his World Cup performances? Because he's come under a lot of criticism, and I guess you could say that the World Cup was the catalyst for all that was to follow. How did you think he fared? Because I personally think that his performances weren't too bad. Um, But unfortunately, he he always seems to be in the spotlights and and people like to really pick on him, don't they? Yeah, that's what it is, you know. I don't know what it is. It's it's the way he goes around on the pitch and the way he... um, His attitude on the pitch, I think it leaves himself open for criticism. Because I feel like even Henri had that attitude at one stage and it was masked by us winning. But at the end of the day, things like um, does he run as much? It's been proven that he does run as much. Even that season with Sanchez, he was running more than Sanchez. It might not look like he is, but but statistics tell you he is. Then maybe you should... The, the hate and the criticism is coming from a wrong perspective 
maybe he's the easy yeah. target all the time. Uh, regarding his World Cup performances, um, like you, similar Harry, I feel like he didn't do too badly compared to a lot of the German players. I feel like Muller and Hummels deserve a lot more criticism than Ozil. Like they did nothing. Hummels was a mess at the back. German defence was a mess at the back. Even um, creating chances in the third game, Ozil created the most chances in a single game at the World Cup. I think he created seven. No one created more than that in a single game. Germany lost 2-0. Is that his fault? And I think the agent even said that per 90 minutes, Ozil had the most created chances. Obviously, he didn't start the second game, so it's out of two games. But that's what Ozil's here for. Similar to when Arsenal fans were criticising him, I'd just fight, not not fight back, because I don't feel like I need to fight back for a player, but I'd argue back that at the end of the day, we bought him as a as a creator, as one of the best creators in Europe. Is he still one yeah. of the best creators in Europe? Yes, he is. Statistics tell you he is. So we're complaining about maybe the wrong things and it's causing a detrimental effect, even as Arsenal yeah. fans on him and even now as German fans on him, which is a, a deeper subject. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and this was something that I mentioned earlier on in the podcast, so I won't completely repeat myself, but you know, as people like ourselves who live in a country where our it's not where our roots are from, our families have traveled here for in search of a better life. Of course, we're grateful for, for that. And we're grateful for the opportunities that we get and that we've, we've, we will get in the future. And so, uh, but what I find strange is that obviously Ozil decided to dedicate his footballing career to Germany. And that's fair enough because, you know, they raised him, they nurtured him into the talent, they nurtured his talent to get the best out of him. So fair play, but this notion that players can then turn off their feelings towards their roots is it, it completely baffles me. You know, I'm I've, I was born in London, I've grown up in London, yeah. but I am a Cypriot, and and those feelings will never go away. And yeah. and so you can completely understand why Ozil pulls towards his Turkish roots and was was in Turkey and goes there so often and yeah. and was pictured with a president. I mean, what are you supposed to say to him? No, sorry, mate, I, I don't fancy a photo now. It might yeah, cause a yeah, shitstorm. Yeah. So yeah. you know, it's very difficult. Uh, I think it's it, it was an excuse for people to get on his back and 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 that's because I'm I'm exactly like you, born in London, Turkish background, Turkish Cypriot background, and a little bit of Irish. Yeah, just because I was born in London doesn't mean I forget my roots. No, I don't. And um, to be honest, someone said to me on Twitter yesterday when I put up a little statement about Ozil and how I feel about it. Someone said that Ozil is as German as everyone else on the team. That's no, right. I understand that's true to an extent and probably the politically correct thing to say, but he's also Turkish and he's yeah. also Muslim which are traditionally not German things to be. So mm-hmm. at the, the international debate to me, if you, it's a tough one because I say if you take out the option of playing for the country you're born in, it might go a long way in maybe not fixing the problem, but averting the problem. Yeah. And, and there's that, a lot of countries that suffer from that, isn't there? Like yeah. take Algeria, for example, how many great players they've had over the years that have opted to play for France and their, their national team is weaker as a result. Exactly. Look at France's team. Was it like 19 out of the 21 are, are from African countries? Now, yeah. even if nine of them, 10 of them are maybe half French, maybe one of their parents are French, that's fair enough. They can pick France. But a lot of them are like us. 
their families have come over to get a better life. Um, does that make you French? Does that make you English? Does it make you German? I'm not quite sure. But in football in terms, I feel like it's not fair at the moment. Countries that allow immigration and it, and it, and it seeps over to, to politics, which it shouldn't happen in football. But I feel like countries yeah. that, that accept immigration and at the, at, like you said, Algeria, Turkey is another one. We've got Emre Can, Gundogan and Ozil all picking Germany. If we had yeah, them yeah. three, then Turkey would make the World Cup. Yeah, like it's would a actually point. would be a, would actually be a decent team, and so would like like you said, Algeria, many African teams, Pogba's from Guinea, Kante's yeah. from somewhere else. There's players from Mali there as well. Like that's why when Awobi picks Nigeria, and when and maybe he picked Nigeria because he he felt like he wouldn't play for England. That's fair enough. But Zaha would have played for England. Zaha picked Ivory Coast, and Zaha's even come out when Sterling was getting all that criticism by the newspapers and whatnot, Zaha came out and said, well, not said, but on Instagram he wrote, and you see why I didn't pick England. Yeah. Because he doesn't want to be made to feel like that. At the end of the day, it's not right, yeah. and he should be able to pick England. But I feel like if you take out that option of picking the, where, you're, where you're born, then it would help a lot. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Completely yeah. agree. Um Will Arsenal benefit from the fact that Mesut Ozil has decided to retire from international football? And if so, how? Yeah, we'll definitely benefit. Um, how is he needs to support the fans now? At the end of the day, he's not with the. He's not actually liked that much in Turkey in football in terms. Till he gets booed at the stadiums when he goes. Um, no one likes the fact that he picked Germany. Like before he signed for yeah. Arsenal, I personally didn't like him either because he picked Germany. I, and that's because he's a he's a great player, isn't it? Like obviously, if he was any player, I wouldn't care. But because I know what he could it could have been. So now he hasn't really got maybe the Turkish support. He hasn't really got the German support. It's time for us to support him as Arsenal fans. And yeah, that that's he's a confidence player. If we can get behind him, if we can get this team flowing, he's got Aubameyang in front of him now. It's ideal setup for him. He's even got a, there's even a new manager. I don't feel like Wenger was the best manager for him. So now is with all them things in place, I feel like with the added support of fans finally, as as a unit at Arsenal, um, yeah, he is set up for him to succeed now. Highest earner, main guy, number ten shirt, left Germany, focuses on Arsenal, and he's in North London where there's a lot of Turkish people as well. There's a lot of German people, so it's like. He's got his. I know he's happy here. All them times he said he's happy here. I know he is at the end of the day. And it kind yeah. of seems over, even not the international. But look at what's happening with Ramsey. Ramsey statement today. No one's really said much about it. But when Ozil was coming out last year saying, "Listen, I love Arsenal. I like. I like the city. I want to stay." Yeah, we were still getting onto his on his back. We was just onto him, and maybe that's because he's a European player or. But that's kind of like a thing where, well, hold on, Ramsey's basically, he's not even said anything like what Ozil said. He's basically said, I, how can Ramsey say, I'm not sure what it hinges on? You're the fucking player, mate. So that's right. why is there no stick there? Is it because he's British? But that's probably it, the it main could reason. Be. It could well be. And you know what? That, that was on to my next question. You know, uh, Rambo's top, top media um, that his agent and the club are yet to have reached an agreement regarding his future. There's a little soundbite at the beginning of the podcast you can listen to um, to hear yeah. his exact words there. In your opinion, though, how important is it that we keep him? Would you be doing everything, pulling out all the stops to keep Aaron Ramsey at Arsenal Football Club? I wouldn't pull out all the stops in terms of if he wants over 200k, I, would, I wouldn't give him that. 
if I'm honest. People ask me who would I replace him with. It's maybe not replace him directly, maybe sell him and strengthen the wings. Maybe mm-hmm. sell him and strengthen centre mid as well. Maybe swap him for Rabiot. Maybe we have options out there because Ramsey is a guy that will... People should... That team should want him. But when I looked today and thought back, only Lazio have shown some little interest in him. So with a year left, is Ramsey this great player that a lot of Arsenal fans make him out to be? I don't feel like he is that level yet. He, he, he can be, and I hope he does sign, and I hope we find an agreement because it's not my money at the end of the day. If we, can find, if we, if we pay him 220 I'm not going to be upset and get onto him. It's just um, we shouldn't have paid him that, but cool, we've paid him. Now we support him. He might be made club That's captain. Right. The, ideally I want him to stay but the way he's talking and with three weeks left of the window I just I don't want another player with a year left uh, that needs to be left behind us with Wenger with them old tactics with all of that I don't want that in the new year yeah can you see, see him resolved one way or the other before the season starts though I, 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 we've, we've, we've acted differently in this transfer market um, so but I just feel like we might panic with Ramsey and I feel like he's probably actually holding back as well, saying he's not sure where hinges on. He probably wants to see how we do fare this year. But at the same time, we want him to sign before the season starts. So we're in a bit of a catch-22 right now. Do we risk yeah. it and go a month or two into the season? He realises that maybe it's not going to go the way he wants it to and not sign, go for free. or It's a difficult one. Do I think we will... No, we won't, we won't sort it out before the season starts. Yeah, I, I actually agree. I think this one's going to get dragged on well into the season. Um, somebody else who's linked with a move away from the club at the moment is Ivan Gazidis. If he was to leave, would you be surprised? Yeah, I would be, you know. Um, I think DT tweeted about it as well, saying it would be surprising that he's left when Wenger's gone and he, it looks like Gazidis has got a lot more control in, in, in shaping the back room and shaping transfers and negotiating and whatnot but if he does leave which I don't think I think Chips made a statement today saying he's not leaving basically but if he did leave I think he points to Kroenke and funds because that would be the only issue I see I I think Milan would offer him money and say listen you can do what you like to get us back whereas Arsenal it seems like money is still a big issue I mean we're we're happy in in our transfer market but when we look at Liverpool or maybe even City with Mares, we see the caliber that they're buying, yeah. but then we we console ourselves by looking at Man United or or Tottenham or uh, Chelsea even because we've done better than them in the transfer market. So I don't know what Arsenal are doing. Are, are we waiting for others to move before we move, or are we content to see how it goes with this? We spent about fifty million. So yeah, that's right, and that's what we were told was available. Yeah. So I guess it all makes sense, doesn't it? But yeah, I, I would be surprised if he moves on as well. Um, but like, I, what you made was a very interesting point regarding Kroenke. You know, it's as though Gazidis has been battling for years to get his way. He's finally got it. So unless their ambitions are not matching and one is after more than the other, then that could be the reason why. Um, could there be a, a reason, another reason that he's, he's maybe looking elsewhere and that is financial? Could AC Milan be looking to maybe pay him more who knows I wouldn't be surprised yeah I, would, I don't know how much Gazidis is on but I wouldn't be surprised especially yeah. bonuses and things like that I think he, he does make a lot at Arsenal but I think he could make a lot more elsewhere 
Yeah. And the statement that you mentioned that Sir Chips Keswick released today, it was just a typical Arsenal statement, wasn't it? It was a, let's try and reassure everyone, but we're not actually going to give you an answer. It was like a politician statement, wasn't it? They might as well not have done it. I opened it thinking it'd be a long thing and it it would end with Gazidis is staying at Arsenal, but it was more a, Gazidis has had offers before and he's refused them. But really, you're not telling us that he's refusing this one. Yeah, you're just telling us history. Yeah, yeah and to be honest, ah, do I do I care at this present time? I'm just I'm excited for the season, so I wouldn't if Gazidis left, it wouldn't impact on me too much. I just I'm still excited for the season. New manager, new players. It's just the Ramsey thing that's irking me right now in terms of I don't want it to drag too much. Yeah, is the fact that Emery's been able to get his his targets in so early though does that prove that Gazidis maybe never was the problem in terms of transfers yeah definitely I'd like I think it always went back to Wenger and it always went back to do you want to pay this extra or do you want to add this extra incentive and Wenger would be like no tell them no and the club would just say no then like the 40 yeah. million and one pound thing but that's either Kroenke or Wenger I wouldn't even put that to Gazidis that's embarrassing and I think it's it's not it. something a businessman would do, and oh. whatever we say about Ivan Gazidis, we know he's a good businessman. So yeah, that's it. it. That's it. Make no sense. Um, talking of Unai's summer spending, what have you made of it so far? I've made it clear on this podcast in recent weeks that I feel as though we're shopping at Lidl <laughs> rather than sort of wait. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but we seem to be buying lower range products, if yeah, that I makes you. sense. And we're filling positions, but not with top top quality. Would you agree with that? 100%. The only, the only one I'm excited about is Torreira, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, obviously, Leno, I don't know anything about, and I hope he, he is successful. But I know Socrates is near the end of, not the end of his career, but he's in the last stage of his career. So I think with Socrates, it's more a mentality thing. He's bringing in a certain, same with Littsteiner, they're bringing in a certain mentality, which I like yeah. as well. So I support the transfers in that sense. But I agree with you. It's like, look at the signings Liverpool have made. Fabinho and Keita is two people we could have done with. Shakiri yeah, is another right. player we could have done with. We need a winger that's that it. can beat players. 13 mil. I don't know what's going on. Like, we used to be the team that went for these, these low-cost <laughs> and budget ones. This one didn't, it doesn't make sense. But I, like I said, when you look at Chelsea, Tottenham and Man United by now, I know United spent 50 million on Fred. But looking at the teams, I feel like only City and Liverpool are head and shoulders above squad-wise. Yeah. Um, United should be there, but I feel like Mourinho drags them down a bit in terms of they've got the squad, but they haven't got the playing style. Or yeah. No, I completely agree. Completely yeah. agree. Right, that brings us to the end of uh, this episode. Um, Turkish, my friend, do you want to tell people how they can follow you on social media about your YouTube channel, which is great as well. Um, I really enjoy watching your videos. So if you can let our listeners know where they can find you, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, YouTube channel is Turkish Arsenal. If you search that on um, YouTube, you'll find that. To be honest, I've got a podcast coming out soon as well. Not like a video one recorded called the top six show. So that's starting real soon. Um, but yeah, subscribe to that Turkish Arsenal. To, actually it's Turkish LDN now, the Twitter and the Instagram the same, but yeah. Lovely, good stuff. And we look forward to having you on again, again very, very soon. Definitely, definitely.
And that brings us to the end of another episode. Thank you once again for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, share, like, and of course, comment. We're always glad to hear your feedback. We'll be back next week with another show. Cheers.